Cause I'm in the shit house. Wish I played in a rock and roll band. Somebody give me a dollar bill so I can pass out on the juice box singing. What is your take on a musical? Oh, did you watch Hamilton? A musical. No, I know. I went to drive in to see. I went with my girlfriend and her kids to see Grease down in Redondo. I'd seen it in a um, long time. You know, like anything else, like it's it's not a medium I love, but the best of it is cool. There aren't many I really love, but like I watched Andy fucking a couple months ago, and I've been walking around. If it's cool, it's yeah, cool. I mean, but I don't just I'm like I'll watch any boxing match. I don't give a shit if it's any good or not. But like for musical, it better be one of the best ones. Michelle uh, had me watch Hamilton this week, which was great. I wasn't blown away. And like every musical, like I love musicals, but I fall asleep. (laughs) Uh, 75% of the way in. I mean, when I was in uh, high school, my parents took me to Les Mis. I fell asleep. Um, The only one I didn't fall asleep in was Tommy on Broadway. That was amazing. But Hamilton, I just, I actually marveled at that he wrote all those songs and and envisioned that whole, you know, I mean, I think that's what musicals, when I think about them, like people just, they, they craft this whole show in their mind that also is dependent on very good songwriting. Hamilton, I also, I fell asleep. I, I saw it when it came out to LA. I fell asleep in the second act. I think it's because we went to the late show. My mom was in town and had a couple glasses of wine. I was just tired. But in the first act, I think is act is, I think is better anyway. But yeah, it was definitely better. The, the thing about musicals is, and it goes all the way back to like Gershwin, is when they're good, the songwriting is impeccable. It is just perfect. Yeah. I mean, if you think they're so catchy, and like you said about, um, what's his name, Miranda, you know, you have one or two guys writing all these songs, and they're just, I don't know if, if, if that kind of uh, was the yeah, forerunner to Tin Pan Alley of those guys that wrote, you know, musicals. But in, in terms of Grease, song-wise, there are some really, really good songs yeah. in Grease. Yeah. Like the last I mean, song, you know, You Better Wake Up, or You're the One That I Want, I don't know the name of it, Grease Lightning. Was that Tell Me More? Tell Me More, uh, it, like the first song, and then the one where, uh, what's his name, is it Frankie Avalon? Mm-hmm. Or Frankie mm-hmm. Valley, mm-hmm. who comes out and does the... I think it's Avalon. Yeah, he basically calls this girl in high school, like tells her she's going to be a hooker if she doesn't go back to high school. <laughs> He does. He says it explicitly. Hooker. He's like going to be a nice. As in a positive <laughs> thing, like he's offering her a. Well, it's more of like almost a scare tactic. I mean, this is late seventies. Uh, this is when everybody's right, just right. Coked, coked out of their gourd. But still, it was it was impressive. So like the song, the songs were just imp- impressive. I mentioned it earlier, but seeing Tommy, I was in uh, junior high on Broadway. It's the only time I've ever seen anything in New York on Broadway. I went there with some of my friends' parents and, and him when I was super young. It was my first time in New York, and it was truly amazing. I didn't think I'd like it all that much, but it was my first introduction to what a Broadway production can be and all they do with the visuals. And, and I, wasn't, I wasn't even that into rock and roll at the time. You know, it was, I was 13, 12, 13. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was fantastic. There's, um, there's one on Tina Turner out that I would like, I'd like to see. That is it what's love got to do with it? Is that what it's I called? don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's that or not. But it's. Uh, 
I'd like to see that. And there again, if the songs are cool, man, I'm, I'm in. I wonder if, you know, you hear things about like when Pink Floyd did the wall tour. I wonder if that, that was kind of the, what they were, what, yeah. what they were going for was like, this is basically going to be a Broadway play. Like this is basically yeah, going to be a musical. Certainly part of it. Because that's I what mean, I was... saw Roger Waters a couple of years ago on the Us and Them tour. And it wasn't even the wall, but it had a theme. There was video going on behind. I don't, I wouldn't say it was Broadway or theater, but it was, it was more than just a show. I mean, there was, there was performing arts. Or, or visual arts as well as there was a lot of other stuff. Yeah, he he couldn't it's... have done anything differently in that show because it would have messed with the production of everything mm, else that was going on. Right. Yeah, it's it's an immersive experience. I mean, I, I think Pink Floyd throughout their whole career did that kind of stuff when they had like pigs flying over. Well, another immersive experience is the podcast. Pod gave rock and roll to you, <laughs> which you are listening to right now. I'm immersed. <laughs> we we go from our our take on the musical realm to our take on the Counting Crows 1996 song Long December. Johnny, you picked the song, song this week, so I'm just I'm I'm over here thinking about jazz hands. I don't know if you guys just I'll just probably <laughs> talk. I'm just thinking j- jazz hands. So you know this song like I always thought it was cool uh definitely a really good song and then I, I read this interview with him randomly in college adam duritz the the lead singer and the writer of the song and he was saying how like however you are like before you become a successful musician like that's how you are after you're a successful musician if you're miserable before you're gonna be miserable afterwards <laughs> you get crystallized you know, it's just like things don't change like you can't change who you are just by changing you know your status in life right it's like you are still who you are and when i hear that song through that lens it's just a perfect fucking song in my mind because not that it's one that I need. I mean, actually I do like to hear it all the time, but like I could see where someone might, it might not like rub somebody the right way where there are things maybe that they do or don't dig. But like he may be my favorite lyricist since Dylan. Now I say that partly because he writes in a similar style to Dylan, like very poetic and lots of adjectives, adjectives, man, just even in the first time, even in, in, uh, Mr. Jones, where he says, I want to be Bob Dylan. It's like so many people walk around wanting to be Bob Dylan, but don't aren't consciously aware of it enough or just know themselves well enough to actually come out and put that in a song. And I thought him saying that was just one of the... So that always jumped out at me from the jump with, with their first album. But then this song, man, it just has the tone, the whole... Especially, I think, once you live in L.A. and the whole just... Just one more day up in the canyon. Just it's like, and it's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. And you know, it's fun. And there's chicks and drugs. You, but it's just one more. What does it really mean if you're missing somebody or whatnot? I think it just encapsulates um, a perspective. And I think it's great. I I've listened to it a lot. I've always loved it. But it's not one that I go to. It's never one that I would have ever thought of to bring up on this pod. But um, as I told people throughout the week what song we were doing, they are like, ooh, good one, good one. Good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got it. nice. nice. Um, but I must say, well, I just I don't like your comparison of the lyricist to Dylan. I think that he's great. I, I love that he, you know, in this song specifically, he plays piano. He's just, he's he wrote the song. You can tell this song happened in just an instant. You can tell it happened one night right. in five minutes. He wrote all these lyrics down, and I think I think he is a great lyricist. I think comparisons to Dylan are a little much. No, but, I'm not saying he's get, as good I, as Dylan. I'm saying just since no, Dylan, no. like I don't think there's no, many and people you, and you, other than yeah. You said you didn't say right. he was as good. You said your favorite. Just since, since. just since Dylan, I can't think of many people who really use uh, the word as well. I think this song just really is 
is a great they're a great band for a time capsule right to like mid to late 90s which they they crush that but i must say that that's not that's not great competition i mean you're talking about at that time it was like macarena hootie puff daddy jewel stuff like that well, you know what i mean right yeah. but uh, that doesn't take anything away from them i'm just right. saying that they when they came out they were pretty amazing but it was it was definitely in a in a time I consider as a dead point of music for in some instances. Whenever when I first started listening to it, I just remembered them from that time, and the vibe that I, that I picture is a baggy shirt and hacky sack on a college campus. That's how I associate the Counting Crows. Earlier, you were talking about how the interview with him, where he said, "You know, you're the same person afterward." I always loved the Bill Murray said this. I don't know if he wasn't referencing Chevy Chase, but he was like, "Look, when you become famous or rich or and or famous, you have one year to be an asshole. If you're still an asshole after that year, you are always an asshole." Which nice. It's, it's hilarious. It makes so much sense. Ugh. But this song is it, it's so '90s. Horrible wipe cuts in the video. What's the band? The Spin Doctors are just hanging out as well, doing the thing with you. And I don't ever really need to hear the song again after this week. I will say, Jonathan, I think you you had said before uh, that I can tell when something's good, but I don't like it. Right, right, right. And that definitely applies for this song for me. I, I, I do get the lyrics are 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 great and and I do like that. It's a little, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there you can dive into and find little nuggets out of. So yeah, I mean he's you know kudos to Adam Duritz for being a good lyrical writer. The, the one more day, like you know, I get your point about one more day in the canyon, like you're saying. But for me, like no, LA's never like that. One more day, it's because like, you're not a sunny. fucking rock star, dude. You haven't, it, it, you haven't, you're still like imagining there is a top to reach. What this is this this is the view from the top when how you really feel from the top that's the yeah, thing but you're the, saying, yeah. but that, that can apply to any place i'm just saying i'd rather be in la no, than is... mo- many other places i've lived in in my life you know it, right. it, it, it could be one other day and like it's it's hard to really be to stay i don't know for me at least it's hard for me to stay depressed here just because the sun's always shining you can you always have some way to get outside and, and but let's and say so but here's the thing it's it, this mind. song Think about it from a different angle, not from like whether or not you like it or whether it represents you, but does it tell you something about the dude who wrote it? Can you feel his experience? Because I sure as hell can. Well, and that's I, I, what I like about it. Here's the thing. Lyrically, if I read the lyrics and I and I read what he says the story's based on, which is a friend of his got into an accident and he's in a hospital, and I do like the idea of December as being like a point in the year where you can reflect and also look forward and so you can mix in the regret and the hope. And that, that's a great concept. His voice, I don't like. The music, I, I don't like. I think that probably gets in the way of me really feeling like, like this guy. Like I can really relate to how this guy feels. I just don't really. I didn't say can you relate to it. I'm saying can you understand from the song who this dude is and how he's feeling. I feel like I can uniquely tell who. Is it, I feel like it's a unique voice and there aren't many of those in songs and I feel like that definitely stands out in this song I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they passed I mean it's just like it's good and it's original and it's better than it's it's not cliche yeah I think it's it's a beautiful song it's it's so well written just the the California imagery is yeah. great. I think because we live out here it, it 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 takes on a different meaning 
because I'm I'm sitting in the canyons right now recording this podcast. Right. You know, it's one it's one more night for me. I mean, it, it, it's not like CD like Wonderland CD. It's not that, but it's it's just like you can imagine. Oh, so suddenly it's one thing to be hanging out in LA and enjoying it, which of course it's amazing. But you get to the top, man. It's a reoccurring theme. I've heard Hank Williams say it. I've heard Hendrix say it. I've heard everybody say it. That you know, you get to where you thought you wanted to be, and then you're like, "Is this all it is?" It's like, I thought it was something more. And his, because it's one more day. It's not like a Friday or Saturday. It doesn't matter for a rock star. A Tuesday is your his boring Tuesday is your wildest Friday. And so it, you could sense the like, I'm tired of the drugs. None of this is doing anything for me anymore. And you feel lost. And I feel like you can really feel that isolation through this songwriting and even to the the last line where like i don't think i've seen the ocean in a while maybe i should it's just such an la like thought should, man that's such an la yeah. thought <laughs> like, it's so uniquely la I, I haven't been to the ocean in 10 years <laughs> i think i think the earnestness in his voice is something i don't i mean i i like the way you say that jonathan and again i have no problem with the lyrics the lyrics paint a, a, a nice story they tell a nice story especially living in L.A. and imagining that. But it's also, again, as, as I think we've talked about before, it's like, you know, your first album was a super big hit, and I understand this is about a friend that's that's sick or whatever. It, it's very bittersweet. He's saying, like, things aren't great now, but and it, and it has such an optimistic... Well, no, I like, like, I like that. Maybe next year is going to be better. There's such um, a complexity to it, the tone. And, it has a lot to do with what I said, I think, that I think the song was written in five minutes, like late at night, because he's, he's thinking about going to the hospital, visiting his friend, like, it just all happened at once. I do think, to Josh's point, the one more day up in the canyons, all that's kind of cheesy, even to the na-na-nas, and, uh, and just their whole sound has such a pop sugar coating that sometimes it turns me off, but you cannot say anything bad about just the songwriting as a whole. But see, these days, that would be a fucking demo. Like, that wouldn't even be a release. That wouldn't even be considering for a release. So, like, compared to what's going on these days, that sounds like a demo of a song. Get, but you never hear anything like that. You never hear anything like that on the radio, just, like, piano and singing and, like... Yeah, and I almost, I'd almost prefer to hear it just him on piano. Yeah. I, I would argue I, that... I think, I think the production is a little... I could see much. that, but there's really not much going on. It's just a band, like kind of. Now the accordion, uh, the the lackluster solo. Not that it needed to be anything, but it's the solo is a little. Lady Gaga has some piano ballad hits that are similar in vein to this. Um, maybe so I haven't heard of it. I'm not I, saying. I, I think this yeah. this would belong. This I think this song would be maybe not as popular. They would do it a little differently. Like Neil said, they might just do it with with it, it, as a straight up piano ballad and some and some drums behind it, but these days but i i still think this song it's it's catchy anybody can relate to the the feeling of it's been a long december of like the end of the year maybe this one hasn't been good maybe next year will be better all of that stuff is great and that's a great concept and it's a great idea and he he pulls it off well lyrically it's a great lyric everything else about the song i can do without it is so quintessentially LA, it's so quintessentially Chateau Marmont. It's so quintessentially exactly what happens to everybody. But it's not though. He's talking about like just going to his friend's house and visiting a hospital. Like it. It's one more. The it, chorus. Nobody's saying one more night in Hollywood. Chorus, yeah, it's just one yeah, more yeah. in the canyon. But it's just one like the, the smell of the smell of hospitals in the winter. He's not talking about Chateau Marmont. There he's, he's, he's not. He's talking about his his condition where he is he's in hollywood but he feels all this pain because he's just been sitting in a hospital i'm not sure if, I, I'm, I'm not telling honestly i'm not totally clear about the, the hospital reference like what he means by that 
but the whole oh no he... no his friend so so the history of this song is his friend was in a horrible car accident it was like january he spent january february like march just going to the in the hospital all day mm. was, and, and so he i think he said it because uh, he, he mentions 2 a.m in the morning in the song so, yeah, he wrote this like, after legit, leaving the hospital. He left the hospital, went to a friend's house in the hills, wrote the song, like, after he left that that house in the hills, went and recorded it. Like Neil said, I mean, this song is definitely, you can, you know, after reading that, it's like, oh, of course. There was no second thought and no corrections needed to be made. This was something that, right. like, spur, like between 4 and 6 a.m. in the morning, as he said, he wrote it. He which went is in, awesome. Yeah, which is great. He went in. They recorded it on the sixth take. The, they took the sixth take live. He did some harmonies. They didn't touch the song after that. Then you can and you can tell. I mean, it is definitely one of those songs where it's an it's it's a it's a feeling that he had. Went home. He wrote it all out. It all came out out for him. Like Dylan said, I don't know how I write these songs. Something speaks through me. And if you've ever written a song before, whether it's you know you think it's good or, or whether it's bad, but if it comes in one spurt, it, you you do yeah. like you finish it and you're just like, what just happened? Like how did that just and happen? The- that's how you can hear when songs are are made like mm-hmm. that. You know, you can you can tell when they've been pined over, and sometimes they turn out great. But like, just hearing one moment of inspiration at like four in the morning after you leave a hospital, I love the. Um, if you're thinking of come coming to California, I think you should. I I think it's cool, and we all did. I think the thing is for me is except there aren't many people outside of the great greats that have just like front to back songs this simple and this just like like I said lyrically man I don't I don't feel like there are many folks who can write a song quite that simple of, of a melody and still carry that much kind of weight and just like just a, just there's a number of um things I don't know look across a crowded room and see the way the light attaches to a girl and even that smell of hospitals and like that's such a thing like I mean you know I worked as a volunteer as a hospital as a kid and it's like it's a thing and so he's it's just to me, it's masterful writing, and there aren't many people who aren't like heralded as icons who write quite you know this well. They they burned so bright for a couple of years, and that that dearth of music I was talking about, they really hit it hard. They really stand out as um, '90s nostalgia sound, but what they were up against is like the Pats playing the Raiders. And his vocals obviously are very you know I mean I, I don't want to say they're like the spin doctors exactly but I do associate those two bands I, oh, clearly you do but I don't think that has anything to do with anything other than the fact they were out about the same time it doesn't seem like there's any it well just, I think just I associate, associate both of them with like a college like soccer field and hacky sack right which has nothing to do with this song or any of this except just your associations this just sounds like Jackson Brown from San Francisco in the 90s it's just Jackson Brownie kind of stuff it's very much that like it's yeah and there again, man, everyone talk about songwriting, songwriting. Most songs these days fucking suck. They're not any good. Now, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying like all these songs coming out of Nashville that everyone's like, oh, yeah, these fucking famous songwriter. Well, yes. The songs are well, junk. I mean, I'd say and this is, since. You know, this isn't junk. You know, I mean, almost since the 90s, like since we started getting the Internet and so much saturation, like there's tons of great songs being written. They may not be on the radio. They may not be the Nashville hot hits, but um, right. there's many good no, songs no, out but, there. But I'm talking about stuff no, on the radio. I, I would I'm say talking I, about stuff I, on the radio, I, stuff that's actually being played on yeah, the radio. Yeah, yeah. And well, so these guys yeah, were on the radio. I mean, but my point is these were actually a radio band yes, that still yes, had integrity. And, the, and that was to my earlier point of just their competition at the time and just the cultural impact they had. I mean, Adam was dating Jennifer Aniston. I mean, good for him. Like, he was, they were crushing it. But he was dating Courtney Cox, Courtney who was Cox. in the video for this right. one. Right, 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 right. I think he dated both of them. But 
I, I, that's a good point. This band was probably at the tail end of, especially rock sounding bands being played on the radio. Yeah, that they might classic. be one of the last ones like before this. We got all that boy, band. all that boy band shit came in. Well, yeah, I mean the, the the mid to late like once you got into the mid to late nineties, you're talking boy bands and then the indie rock bands, which never got radio play. So you're talking, you right. know, Britney Spears and all that stuff. I mean, I guess the Smashing Pumpkins were kind of around at this time, yeah, so they were no, getting airplay. They were, they were, they were, yeah, they were. Like nineteen seventy nine, and that was, but they were they, like Siamese Dream was right in there with Nirvana and whatnot. It was like ninety three, ninety four. Because then you're going into the only stuff that's like rock that's getting on radio in the late nineties, like repeat offender marcy's playground sex and candy and stuff like that right which i think that's i do think that's a cool song i mean oh, whatever we, we we don't have to get that's into not, that again but that I, I i agree with you johnny i, I i'm not cr- shitting all over this song I, the vocals are great i think the con- the idea is great i love the fact that he, you know the title and the idea of a long december which it's a really good month and period to contrast everything in your life with. I mean, December, it's Christmas. Everybody's happy. It's a new year. It's also a time if you had a bad year, you know, to, to look back, to have your regrets. And But it's also a time to be hopeful because you're looking at the, looking forward to the year. I will say my, the, the, the repeat yes at the end of the song are almost vomited. Well, well, yeah, that's, I mean, I was going to bring up, I think we all know what the worst part of the song is. It's so bad. There yeah. 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 It, and it just keeps going, like, are you going to do it again? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Hey, man, it goes for it, right? I got. I, I will always respect someone who just fucking does it. This continues a trend that I've noticed in, in some of the songs that we've done in the past where it's hard for some, for a lot of people to pull off the end of a song. And it goes back to, I don't know, that, that's why I probably like some of the older stuff because I feel like every, a lot of bands feel like they have to have a, a huge outro like this outro that like soars and like comes to a climax in the outro it's like no 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 just do the same thing you've been doing that I love during the song and then end it that, that's all I need well two things it sounds like they he just recorded this on the fly he just did it right yeah so, sure. and the fact that it was written so quick like it was just all an emotion I almost don't blame him for doing right. it. It doesn't take away it's from unique. the song. Most definitely. I, I almost think he would admit like, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing I like about this. Uh, I really do like about this song. And it's something I've kind of been measuring songs by lately. Does this sound like a song someone would sit around and play if there was no one around to listen to them playing it? It's a very therapeutic song too. Yeah. Like even learning it this week myself, I'm just like, ooh, it feels nice to play it. Just that FC. But it feel, it just feels very like, it's just an expression, and it's, that's what's cool about art. You know, with art, it's like you like it, you don't like it, whatever. I like the fact that it's not that it was a popular song, that was that had some commercial success, but clearly is not trying to be. It just is what it is. You know, it's just a song. There's no reason I shouldn't dislike this song. It there's no reason lyrics. you shouldn't dislike it. Yeah, there's there's not a reason I should like this song. Okay, I was listening to it. I, I was like, I should <laughs> like this song. Okay. I'm sure I sang, you know, knew all the words and sang it, you know, when it came on when when I was 13 when this came out. But it, it's just so 90s, and I don't know if the 90s in general has aged well. I feel but, like when oh, I hear 90s songs, I'm no. not as into them as early 90s. Early 90s. Changed I'm saying music the whole. I, I'm saying the whole decade. <sighs> I'm saying, I'm saying, it, when I hear '70s tunes and '80s tunes, I would just rather hear songs from those that period or even the alts. 
like the band obviously that was my college year so of course i'm going to love those bands more but even like if i look back at 90s 80s 70s now and i listen just pick three random songs that were all you know hits or somewhat in their like i would rather hear the 80s and 70s songs. Well, so the only thing the only instrument in this song that you that isn't just totally run of the mill for any decade is the accordion i mean beyond that there's just i mean there's nothing it's just as generic, frankly. I mean, music-wise, as you can make it, it has no adherence to the '90s. Like, no, it, but it does. It does sound '90s. But it, how? It, but like, what but is it like? I, th- I think his vocals, but, for the most part. But I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like, I think it is timeless. I I just I I saw one live version of them doing it on Howard Stern, and the guy tried to play the uh, solo on acoustic guitar, and it was. It's just, I'm sure even after he was like, I'm oh, sure he man. knew that, right? I fuck because it's like on acoustic trying to go, to me, I mean, this song it just sounds like, I mean, it's really not produced any different than like an Elton John song, like some of the stuff off Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's just, it's just really straight ahead instruments. There's nothing uniquely anything about it to me. It just happened to come out in the 90s. I don't hear that it sounds so 90s. Here's what I think it does I think it dips its toes in the adult contemporary. Uh, yes. region sure. and sure. so and I, and that's I'm a, sure it charted that's well. a very like 88 to like 96 genre I think I think like if you think adult contemporary that's the, the I, y'all probably never heard this but there was a, a late night VJ or on in the south that like I don't know my mom used to listen to called Delilah and be like Delilah love someone tonight it was all adult contemporary and this just fits right in and all those songs were from like you know, there may have been some late '70s songs, but mostly late '80s well, to mid '90s. With the song we did last week, I looked at the the songs that were around it on the charts, and I was trying to find the song. I think it peaked at uh, number nine six. in '97. Six. Number six. At one point, I was like, "Ooh, maybe I should be looking at the uh, the adult contemporary charts." <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I should be checking other charts, not the Hot 100. And they were up against just. Freaking Macarena! That was the that was the hottest. I don't song know why you guys are even talking about charts or. The, I never look at the, the charts. The general. charts don't mean shit. I mean, I've never thought about the charts. No, but I, no, I think it's I think it's good to look at what at that time, whether it's the six months or that year, what was being made that year. I think like what does it matter who else was on the chart? I mean, I th- oh I no, think it it's doesn't a good matter that of what much. culture was at the time. Of like is it really the charts? The charts? No, the and charts listen, listen, listen. That's okay. what people are listening okay. to. They're the worst. The go, go quick, look at a snapshot of like 1966 and see who's on the charts. It'll be nothing you're listening to. Okay. Nothing we listen no, to now. But, but right Zeppelin now, was never on any charts ever. And so what the charts yeah, that, have to do with anything. But that that's also what irrelevant. Led Zeppelin was never on any top 10 chart and they never had a hit single. We're talking okay. about well, a song but that charted. Stairway to so. Heaven is considered one of the right, best exactly. songs. Right, exactly. And it was never, it was never a top. Like it wasn't like a hit. Like well, okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I don't know okay. why the hit, the charts are relevant. They're they're not relevant. If you're talking about pop songs, then this kind of is. Well, I don't, I don't. But but to say your point, I don't know why they're irrelevant because Led because Zeppelin never not, charted a hit. Because they're clearly not indicative of quality or what was significant at the time, or that what the Beatles that had holds. 35 number one hits. Yeah, the Beatles so, like, did. Obviously well, they weren't somewhat... significant to us, but they were significant to the whole fucking world. Exactly. And, so know, if like, they aren't in the charts like Led Zeppelin, they don't mean anything in the pop culture sense. Well, no, that's a different conversation. Well, no, then I wouldn't bring it up. Yeah, then, we wouldn't talk about the charts then. So if you like the band and they're not high on the charts, then the charts don't matter. If the charts don't, if they either well, they no, hold I mean, sway or they you don't, you could still take you could still take what Neil said and take whatever Led Zeppelin song we would be talking about and whatever week it came out or month you can and still look, look at what at else what was, was on the charts at that time. That's what. But, but you wouldn't say. But you, but you wouldn't to. say Zeppelin wouldn't be as big or they would be bigger, but they had all this shitty competition. 
That's my point. No, okay, okay. Listen, listen. I think you're getting well, too I didn't tired say of that. that. I mean, I mean, but it is, again, a, it is but, a poppy song, so, so it then, made it to the charts. So why is that not relevant in some way? So can you reverse the reasoning then that like if it was on the charts and a lot of people weren't listening to it? You're getting um, a little too nuanced. Worried about the charts of what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about pop culture. What was going on at the time? That's it. What was happening at the time? I don't. I don't know if things stood out because of what else was happening, or if they just would have stood out regardless of what else was happening. I, I think I th- sometimes that's my sometimes, thing. Is yes, I don't sometimes think, no. Sometimes I don't think. I, I wasn't looking at it in terms of like what it's compa- like comparing to around it. I'm looking at it, and so at this point in time, a shit ton of people were hearing whether they liked it or not. Were hearing this song on the radio. Everybody knew this song. Not everybody knew Stairway to Heaven when it came out. The people who listened to it did and who listened to FM radio did, but not everybody listened to it. This is one of those songs like right now you would say, I don't know, a Taylor Swift song, or, but a song that you, if you go into like a grocery store or something, there's a 30% chance this song's going to be on. So you know it whether you want to or not. So this is one of those songs. This is a, a, a picture of culture at the time of where if you went somewhere, when this was number six on the charts in 96, you were going to hear this song. And that's not, I don't think that's irrelevant. I think that's, a, that's, it, it doesn't define what culture was, but it, it, it tells you a lot about what people were listening to and wanted to hear at that time. I can respect that, you know. I guess to me it's just like a gallery, man. And it's impressive. This song's there, just like a drawing or a painting, and I listen to it for what it is. And this shit was on the charts just because, like, it was put out and people bought it. And that's what, so the charts were just how much a record sales. Why did people buy it? Why, Why did people buy it? Because they heard it. Of course they heard it. But I'm saying, like, it's, I just think it's cool that way where these, like, it seems like since then, like, after, maybe that was, like, kind of the last decade where songs got good, popular yes, just because they were a, good, not because they were trying to, like, every song yeah, on country radio was. They, they were, like, the some of the last, rock, like, rock-sounding bands that We're not even rock-sounding, just, chart. like, people who weren't consciously trying to chart. That's what's cool, like, where it just sounds like folks were writing songs just to write the songs, and then they just sold. Before the year 2000, you wouldn't have heard any of this shit without the radio and the charts. You wouldn't have heard it. Um, Unless you were just a super big music fan. And, yeah, yeah. and and like this band and we're like I'm gonna listen I mean like now how I hear bands is I li- I find a band I like you know through I don't know recommendations or music reviews or whatever and then I listen to them I'm never gonna hear them on the radio ever maybe I go see a live show and maybe I buy their record and then if I like them I'm gonna keep buying their records and that's kind of how it went back then but you also had four rock-sounding bands. You had that outlet of the radio that could really lift you into ubiquitous territory. So, so Johnny, what's your, what's your favorite part of the song? I mean, the lyrics? Yeah, the lyrics, especially a couple of them. The, um, the fact that he says, I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. It's like you're trying to remember something, you're trying to keep it, and you can't. I think that line, I think, is especially uh, on point and unique without there again feeling like it's self-indulgent it just feels actually like a pretty succinct succinct way to explain something very complicated i mean it's wordy but it's a complicated emotion so uh it's a nice it's a nice callback to the first in the first verse where he says i can't remember the last thing that you said as you were leaving now the days go by so fast you know it's a theme of the song i mean it's a great song about reflection looking back and looking forward at the same time i mean that that's that's a really good and it's hard to he do that, that man. First yeah, of all, it's hard, to rec- yeah. it's hard to recognize you should say that. It's hard to have that insight. It's even harder to articulate it, but to articulate it, the insight in a song, man, that is, that's rare, you know? My favorite part is just the, he repeats it twice, I think. If you're thinking of coming to, come to California, I think you should. 
just he's giving you advice like if come to california like if, if you're thinking about it so did you it. take like, it like he was talking a, to you or like this to another person i did that's cool i like yes. it that's cool I, i've you never quite I mean? thought about that um, way i've always thought about like a third like another person any song that references coming to california or the canyons or one more night in hollywood or hollywood nights or anything like there's part of me that's so happy that i do live here because it is such a epicenter of music and culture and life it, it really is cool and and just beautiful weather and it's pretty amazing so that's that's my favorite part my least favorite part is the yes <laughs> that's my I, least favorite other, part. other than the lyrics I, I i i don't really like anything else about this song but i mean there's not much else to it besides the lyrics right like yeah i mean that's that's, I mean, that's what it is so, right you know and he, he does pull off the lyrics I, I i don't really like his voice what do you think inspired him or uh, uh, i guess other than dylan or or any bands that they may have inspired i mean you can tell me it's it's got that whole like it's it's just very singer songwriter you know it's like elton john like it's a, a little jackson brown kind of vibe and so it's really it's almost like a their approach i guess to me is almost like a so now it's almost like a 70s pop approach now that we're talking about pop and this and that this is the kind of song that sounds like it would have been on the charts maybe in the 70s like it, it's a more of that like it's a little too serious for Carol King, but it's of that sitting down, knocking it out, but well and concise. And, and well, Carol King's voice. a good comp for this song, though. Yeah, that, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I think this song is timeless. I think it would have charted in any decade. I really do. It's that good. Not that it's my favorite, but it's, it's, it's a very well-written song and just very catchy, simple. It's great. What about you, Josh? He look. He pulls out. He pulls off what he's trying to accomplish. If I was gonna say, listen to some. If you like this song, listen to something else. I would say, listen to the Dave Matthews Band. I just, I don't know. They're so different, though. I mean, like they're so musically different. Like the rhythms are so much funkier and weirder and unique and quirky and like it's true. But it, but they're both like singer songwriters. Really, yeah, I mean, it's still in that singer songwriter vein when you get down to it. And I think they were of the same time, which I know that you said that doesn't matter, but I think it does. I think you're dealing with similar time periods. You're going through similar things. The world is going through similar things. And I think you're you're writing about that and reflecting that in um, similar ways. I don't think they've inspired much. I mean, I think they have as far as musicians, but I've never, I haven't heard any music from this century that reminds me of them. And that's why I think they are such a time capsule to that specific sound. Um, and there's not many bands that that operate, like almost to your point, what you're trying to say is they're just songwriters. You can tell they're good friends. They were just having a good time. They had a guy at the helm that was brilliant. and um, He was on a heater for a couple of years. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah. He was definitely on a heater. Um, well, yeah, and and the solo is very like '90s. Like, God, it, you do, the whole you album do is not heavy like that, on that solo. Kind of you do not like that solo. Well, Which I'll is fair. send I'll send you the acoustic version, and you're oh, like, like even the one on I there. Watching, I mean, it's it, definitely just kind of there, right? It's, well, no, I mean it mixes in. Like, it's a song that doesn't. You don't want some kind of screaming solo on it. It's got such a nice melody that there could have been a lot done with it. I agree. It's kind of a missed but opportunity. I could see that. And it's not even it's not even a missed opportunity. It's just so milk toast. No, but you're like, saying there's a lot they could do with it. And I'm saying they miss an opportunity. Or just, or just do a piano solo. I mean Yeah, but you're saying that don't don't either do a guitar solo or fucking don't. Don't give me this ban and But like to but, me though, this is very much like a this is very much like a uh, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's kind of Elton John yeah, tune. It's just something I don't need to hear again. 
I think what it was is like I didn't really listen to it much when it was out. But it's just one of those things I think as I uh, play and write songs, you go back and you listen to a song like this, and it's just like, wow, man, like there aren't many folks that can do that. It's and it seems so effortless. It's like it's it's seamless. It doesn't feel contrived or like. Well, I think that's why they were a big deal. Is because he could write really good lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's back to basically we 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 found this stuff later in life because we have so much access to music. You know what I mean? I wasn't into it back then, and I think that's why you had so much opposition to the charts situation. Meanwhile, <laughs> we are going to play a version of this song. A long December and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember the last thing that you said as you were leaving oh the days go by so fast and it's one more day up in the canyon and it's one more night in Hollywood if you think I might be forgiven I wish you would la da 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 la da 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 la da 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 yeah the smell of hospitals in winter and the feeling that it's all a bunch of oysters and no pearls. And all at once you look across a crowded room to see the way that light attaches to a girl. It's one more day up in the canyon. It's one more night in Hollywood If you think you might come to California I wish you would Side manner sometime after 2 a.m. to talk a little while about the year. I guess the winter makes you talk a little lower, makes you laugh a little slower about the things you could not show her, and it's been a long December. And there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember 
remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. And it's one more day up in the canyon. And it's one more night in Hollywood. been so long since I've seen the ocean I guess I should Next week is Neil's week, so what are we going to talk about? I'm going to throw you guys a softball. We're going to have a good time next week, and we're going to talk about bell-bottom blues. Nice. Derek and the Dominoes. Nice. Can't wait!